Hey there, everybody. Matt here, welcoming you into the book three finale of our Tyrant's Grasp playthrough. Took us 77 episodes so far, but here we are at the end of book three. And, whew, this has been a rough one, let me tell you. But we made it. We're mostly intact. And once again, that means we have our book three recap retrospective extravaganza coming up next week for you including a live recording of said extravaganza on monday july 18th for all of our patrons that normally get early access that means if you want to listen live and ask us a question live during the recording you can do that by becoming a ten dollar patron if you don't have the means for that, that's perfectly fine. You can shoot us a question absolutely anywhere you can get in contact with us, and we will add it to the list, and we will make sure to discuss it during the recap. On top of that, our art contest ends tomorrow, July 15th, if you are listening to this on release day. And why wouldn't you be? So if you're still working on some kind of art for the contest, make sure you get it to us before end of day on Saturday to be eligible for the contest. To top all of that off, in case you missed our announcement on uh, on our socials last week, we are going to be performing live at Fandom Fest in Schenectady, New York on Saturday, August 13th. You can come join us starting at noon in the Dragon's Dungeon area of the con, and you can see us perform a what-if scenario from our Skull and Shackles days. We are very much excited for it. We're looking forward to it. Unfortunately, a couple of us are going to be away on vacation during that time. It was previous scheduling before we knew we were going to the con. But we have uh, our very own Matt Talbot filling in from our War for the Crown game, as well as the Twitch streamer Gummalau, who is a friend of ours and is going to be in town for the con. We are super excited for it. That's Fandom Fest in Schenectady, New York on August 13th, starting at noon. Hopefully we'll see you there. Come say hello once we're, I guess, done or setting up or whatever. Just don't interrupt the show. But with that, let's get on into the book three finale. It's episode 77, Leave Taking. Welcome back to Inspired Incompetence, the only podcast requiring a one-month medical follow-up. How's everybody doing? I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that that makes our podcast too expensive to listen to. Shit. No, we just need more patrons so we can afford our medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was referring to uh, you know everybody else listening, but yeah, uh, us too, I guess. Okay, so we're still in Vigil, population unknown. Now, hold uh, on, hold on, hold on. I meant to bring this up last week. Yeah. P population unknown, but we do have a lower bound, right? So we, we know at least how many. There is some known. It's not completely unknown. Yeah. We, we know yeah. of at least like maybe 100, 150-ish. Yeah. So what I'm what well, I'm trying to get to is let's be a little more optimistic with this population unknown business. Well, <laughs> well to be on to be fair to that though, we just abandoned them entirely. So we had what no idea. Did yeah. We didn't abandon them at all. We the people them. at the Saint Diamond Day? Yeah, we didn't abandon them. I mean, for all you know, them. they could be dead by now. 
Yeah, so yeah, population <laughs> unknown. Abandonment implies we were like, meh, fuck you guys. We're gonna go do our own thing. All right. Well, they are. They you left them unsupervised. Hey, Luna was with them. Yeah, that's why Joe uh-huh. said between 100 and 150. He was factoring in the ones getting picked off. Okay. <laughs> so vigil population 150 plus minus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. High fives all around. <laughs> we did it. Take that to the Q3 report. <laughs> so here we are. You guys just killed the haunting dark. You you guys are outside of the uh, outside of the walls. You had to uh, kind of semi leave the city to be bait. Get the haunting dark to come investigate uh, before you uh, gave him the smackdown with that uh, magical ballista bolt. There you stand in this open field with the smoldering city of Vigil with a population unknown, just sitting to your uh, to your west. And go. Was there some sort of fog or something over this? Did anything like change about the city now that he's dead, or it's just one less flying monster? It's one less flying monster. There wasn't ever any fog. That was okay. uh, the fog around Roslar's coffer was from that the uh, fettering maw. The, the fettering maw, yes, which you guys right. destroyed. Um, it, the this the haunting dark. Uh, you've been led to believe was responsible for kind of doing the same job as the that orange fog it was just running interference on basically anybody trying to leave the city it could just like that uh that spell it it laid down on you guys at the beginning of the combat you didn't know this with your knowledge as well I'll just tell you it, it, it could do that at will and it could just lay down a 20 foot radius AOE that specifically kills good aligned creatures and you just spam that shit so with that thing dead uh presumably any survivors left in the city will have a much easier time getting out though the city itself is obviously far from safe you have secured a real chance for those who are left Uh, i guess we would make our way back to the the tower yeah, I'm ready to receive praise for this. Yeah. Got to go uh, through and get back to the docks. Even as you start heading back to the drawbridge to get back into the city, from uh, you can still hear from the the ballista tower, it's a very distant and muffled cheering. Those who remained at the tower uh, obviously were watching your your fight, and so they're in very high spirits. But you. Uh, Slowly make your way back. Uh, I suppose I suppose Uhtred and Rogyar could just fly straight back, but everybody else would have to huff it on foot. But it doesn't take more than 20 minutes at most uh, to do so. Uh, but yeah, you get back to the tower, and uh, uh, Evni just immediately starts, you know, making her way to every single room in the tower and informing everybody to get ready to go. And, uh, you know, the Haunting Dark is dead, now's her chance. Evni uh, gives orders to Yaladar Norvik to uh, inform the Sancti Amadei that the Haunting Dark is defeated and that they need to start making their way to uh, the harbor. So, yeah, uh, without... There's really not much else to it, I suppose. Um, it, it takes the occupants of the tower a little bit of time to, uh, to mobilize. Uh, a lot of them are still badly injured 
including the uh, the sailors that uh, you saw in the room that you reunited with Evni in. You may recall that the ship that you're heading to was actually their ship that they originally uh, sailed into the harbor before getting attacked by undead. So, yeah, without much, without a whole lot of time uh, to wait, you guys head back out. You're back in the the desolate city streets of Vigil after you uh, cross over the the wildly overgrown stretch of farmland that separates the Blissa Tower from the city proper. And it's more of the same. Uh, there's no shortage of, of undead. And these... But these undead are... You're, you're not coming up against anything like overly uh, tough nothing, or nothing in special. Any, yeah, in, in any uh, quantity that's you know going to warrant us rolling for initiative, but uh, no matter how many you put down, you round another corner and there's just more. Maybe along the way you're like, I'm just going to kill as many as I can and that'll just, like, like, maybe I can put a dent in it and just no matter how out of your way along the path to the harbor you go to just snuff out one more undead two more undead three more there's just there's there's no it seems like there's no upper limit to the number of undead and it's it's unclear uh if a lot of these undead are from like risen from like citizens of vigil i mean surely some of them are uh but is it all of them or are some of them like just spawned from the magics that did all this damage or where they like transported here like there's it, it's really there's just there's so many it's not clear but finally you make your way to the harbor and uh the ship is easy enough to spot it is pretty much the only one currently docked there's signs of ships that used to be there that have like fallen apart or sunk most of the dock itself is uh quite uh, is in quite a state of disrepair, but you make your way up the the gangplank to the Golden Dawn Rose, and while a lot of the sailors that have come with you from the Ballista Tower are in pretty bad shape, enough of them are in good enough shape, uh, including the female half-orc who seems to be the captain, for them to start mobilizing the ship, preparing it for shoving off. Uh, everybody knows that you're still waiting on a a very large group of additional survivors from the church, uh, considering there's a lot less of you from the tower and a lot less civilians. And like, like the majority of the people coming from the tower are whether either soldiers or sailors or members of the Pathfinder Society. Uh, it doesn't strike you as strange that you arrived here first. You think that uh, Aluna's group is probably much more slower going. D is anybody is anybody helping uh, get the ship ready, or are you just staying vigilant for danger? What's everybody doing? When is bedtime? That's all. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's uh, get everyone on the ship, sail away, and yeah, we can rest. I'm so injured and out of spells. How it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, how's how's everybody looking? Like. like What's, what's everybody's spells per day at right now? Randolph was on Zero. one of the stretchers with the sailors. <laughs> right? Seriously. Now, Thelias is holding me up. Yeah, yeah Randolph's got zero spells left. Uh, how about Uhtred? You want spells? 
Yeah, like, what, what do you got right now for spells per day? Like, how many spell slots you got left? Oh, I, I got I got lots of spells left today. Well, he's got those damn pearls, yeah. dude. The pearls. <laughs> pearls I've, for days. Um, <laughs> got both. So I have... I've, right now, I'm down three first-level spells. I think I can actually re-prepare only two of those. I think I used one already. I feel uh, like Uhtred has been using his arcana points more than spell slots during this whole like day that we've yeah, been going I mostly, through that, the city. Dude, I got a lot of value out of that chill touch because it has so many charges in it. Hmm. I And I cast mostly third level spells. I had Displacement, Fly, and Haste, which I all used for that uh, Nightwing. And then never yep. shot the, launched the crossbow and then was like, all right, I'm, I did enough for this. <laughs> I mean, so you I haven't did really the cast most damage. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I would like to rest. Uh, Arcana points, I think I'm getting pretty low on. How about Arginus? How's Arginus looking on spells? You know, uh, Vipira is pretty re- well rested halfway through today. So uh, Vipira is pretty well rested. Well, yeah, Vipira was pretty well rested uh, halfway through <laughs> the day. So when Arginus uh, came through, uh. <laughs> Still have plenty of spells yeah. left. Also, Uhtred's been using that staff a lot, which has really been not eating up spells. That's true. So it really just uh, Randolph sucks is what I'm getting from all of this. Wow, there, me and Elksy did well, all the work. Yeah, I think it's more that Randolph's just been taking the brunt of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having Thalias take the, the hits, Elksy kind of dealt the damage and Randolph took it on the chin. Yeah, That's I right. know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. How about Rogiar? How many bur- uh, points of burn you up to? I think I'm sitting at like six burn. Wow. So five. that's. I'm sitting at five. Five. So that's 50 points of non lethal damage that is just like sitting there preventing you from being at full health. Yep. And how wow. much uh, health do you have currently? I know um, this is a little off because we have that buff on us. Right. And germs. That's right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, That's so, 10 minutes per level, I think. So you guys still have some of that. Yeah. So like with the Bears Endurance, my max health is currently sitting at 139. Uh, Like before the 50 non-lethal? Right. Okay. Yeah, like I said, my max health is 139. I'm sitting... I have, I'm missing 10 health, and then I have the 50 non-lethal. So right now I'm functionally like 70 at something. 79. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe about 10 minutes goes by since you guys first got onto the Dawn Rose uh, and the sailors have been uh, preparing it to shove off when you all spot the crowd of civilians and priests and soldiers uh, all arriving in the harbor and they, they start making their way up the docks. Many of the civilians, as well as uh, some priests and soldiers, are either like limping or they're on stretchers or riding in carts that are just kind of being pulled awkwardly by able-bodied people then they arrive and they very slowly make the process uh, begin the process of getting everybody on the ship i mean it's got to be single file and this crowd looks like they're in bad shape perhaps worse shape than when you left them they clearly have continued to have a time of of holding the uh, the church away from the the swarms of undead deeper in the city. Is my stepbrother among them? Uh, yeah, you can uh, 
well, uh, your sister-in-law, at least, you can hear her before you can see her. Uh, she is still in the throes of labor. Oh, jeez. Uh, and she is, and she is one of the, uh, she's one of the people uh, being wheeled up onto the ship on a stretcher. Uh, Ryland having control of one end of the stretcher and a soldier having control of the other end as they uh, awkwardly and carefully transport her from the dock onto the ship. As everybody's getting on, you you eventually see Aluna uh, among the crowd. She's she's uh, put herself in the rear of the crowd to just kind of stand guard, to guard the flank of this group of people getting on the ship. And she she catches your your eyes, uh, everybody who's watching this. She gives you a, a genuine, if tired, smile and a and a wave. I'll I'll return it. Genuine but exhausted smile. Very limp-wristed way back. Once Cass is safely brought up onto the ship, Ryland takes primary control of the stretcher again. He uh, starts wheeling her onto the main deck. And most of these people are funneling their way like immediately into the cabin or below decks to get inside somewhere. And as Ryland is passing you, Uhtred, he uh, over the, the wails of, of Cass, he puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, Thank you, Uhtred. We're almost home. We're almost home free. No need to thank me. Just get on the ship. Once we set out, I'll come down and check on you too. Thank you, thank you. He says, "If you'll, if you'll excuse me, Richard, sorry." And he, uh, he uh, starts wheeling the stretcher again. They disappear. I'd uh, like to inside the cabin. I'd like to make a, I guess maybe perception check. Like as they're going by, like I'd like to like check, like you know, her stomach's not like got a green aura coming off of it and pulsating like something's trying to claw its way through or you know just like make sure everything looks like normal pregnancy shit's going on maybe hit her with a detect magic i don't even know if that would determine that kind of thing but sure Wait. yeah so give give me a heal check for your uh your skill check to to make sure everything <sighs> is so normal for a pregnancy well i uh my heal check is god awful so yeah, that's gonna be a three. You really don't know what like. There's nothing overtly wrong. Like she's, she looks like a normal woman in labor. Like if anything, maybe you're like, man, she's been in labor forever. Like isn't it like ten minutes and you're done? <laughs> <laughs> would Uhtred know if Elena would be able to cast like a detect alignment ability? I mean, that's a safe assumption. You're not really sure what she is fully capable of. I'm sure you're aware that she's a divine caster of some kind, just uh, being around her during your uh, your childhood. Um, but, yeah, uh, you don't really know for sure, and you know, considering the kind of day everybody else has had, who knows if she's even got spells left. Um, but, yeah, you're free to, to, to go ask her if you want. Yeah, he's going to wait until, like, you know, she's coming kind of up the ramp. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's uh, a couple minutes, a couple more minutes pass. Uh, is anybody else doing anything while while this is all transpiring? Uh, Rugyar would mostly just be up in the air, being a lookout, looking for yeah, uh, other for like you know groups of undead that might be getting in the way, or other groups of survivors that might be gathering now that the haunting dark is defeated. Sure, uh, give me a perception check. <laughs> Seventeen. Oh. All right, I'll get, I'll get back to you uh, if I do. And uh, okay. anybody else? I mean, our genus is pretty 
content helping uh, people load up. And uh, if anybody is looking for uh, some readings, he obliges. <laughs> These poor injured people. Yep, that's no, exactly what, like he does. He does not understand those type of boundaries, so he's probably pestering. Uh, oh, Uhtred's family! Yes, uh, here's your <laughs> reading for this child, all laid out in front of you. Who wants to know their lucky numbers? <laughs> okay, uh, how about Randolph and Tolias? Uh We're having buddy time. We're uh, we're not involved in any of this. Yeah. And by Fair buddy enough. time, you mean I'm taking you to the triage unit? <laughs> I mean, I do have wands to heal myself up. Uh, I feel like Randolph would just be really hamming it up, though, right? Yeah, maybe a oh, little bit. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, talking with Elias. I, I mean, yeah, hamming it up a little bit, but... Mostly just uh, reveling with Elias and telling our stories to anyone who will listen while, you know, uh, talking about how hard I'm hit and uh, yeah. <laughs> looking at all the blood all over me. So to, to be clear, and just since it came up, uh, Randolph took a bit of damage from the, the Haunting Dark. Uh, has anybody, regardless of what damage you, you took during that fight specifically, has anybody healed since that fight? Nope. Okay. I would have offered it to, to anyone that that you know that wanted it that, to accept any burn, but especially we've had a lot of time to prep and whatnot. So, yeah, if anyone wanted healing, Rogar would have obliged. All right. So a few minutes goes by since uh, Cass and Ryland uh, went into the cabin at the uh, the Stern Castle. That's enough time for the, the the final stragglers of the crowd to make their way onto the ship, uh, including. Aluna. So, Uhtred, you are free to approach her now if you want to. Did you lose anybody before we were able to take the Nightwing down? She looks at you and she nods her head. Uh, and she, like, for for a moment, she is she appears, you know, genuinely upset to to report as such. But then she she says, "But yes, Uhtred, we 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 did lose some more uh, some more guards to the." The waves of undead, and I, I know what you're about to say, and you can't beat yourself up about it. The fact that we're here, we're on this ship, uh, and are going to be able to leave without that thing coming and finishing us off, that's that's what matters. Well, actually, Lena, I had more of a personal matter I wanted to ask you. Anything, Uhtred. I, I know you mentioned you had a funny feeling about Roland and Cass and that unborn child. She looks quite serious all of a sudden. She's, like, bracing for whatever you're about to say next. Well, and it's very likely you might have already done this, but I don't know if you or any of your other priests can do a detect evil on her, but I'd much rather know and be ready to deal with that than them be below decks and all of a sudden... I don't even want to think about it. She nods. Uh, she's like just kind of looking down at her feet, and she looks back up at you, and she says, "I admire your fortitude, Uhtred, to have the the stomach to, to acknowledge that possibility. As soon as everybody's settled, I'll, I'll I'll head down and take a look." And that's when Rogyar 
spot something. Oh boy. Even with your uh, 17, it is uh, not hard for you to spot the, uh, the quite large area of disturbed water uh, that has suddenly uh, appeared off the, uh, the starboard bow of the ship. And before you even have time to take a closer look or shout out an alarm, you see a creature appearing from out of the water. And Rogyar, you are allowed to act in the surprise round along with this humongous snapping turtle that is currently clamoring its way up the side of the ship. Yeah, so with that, I'm going to need everybody to give me initiative rolls. Randolph. 19. Uhtred. 28. Arginus. 11. And Rogyar. 27. Okay, so Rogyar, you got the surprise round. It is your turn. Okay. Uh, did you did you ever say what kind of knowledge we can roll about this thing? Uh, knowledge nature. Yeah, 20. 13. Okay. 13. Well, although it looks like it's been horribly mutated uh, by probably by the radiant fire, um, you can tell that at, at least as a baseline, you can make some assumptions about this creature and its capabilities uh, as though it were a giant snapping turtle. Giant snapping turtles typically grow to diameters of about 35 feet and weigh 20,000 pounds. Jesus. As it like begins to climb up the side of the ship, everybody kind of feels the Dawn Rose suddenly lurch to the starboard side. It's not going to capsize it or anything, but yeah, it's pretty heavy. Um, yeah, you can ask me one question about a giant snapping turtle. I would like uh, resistances. You know it doesn't have any energy resistances. Okay. All right. Uh, and with that, it is your turn, Rogyar. All right, uh, Rogier's going to take the surprise round to just, uh, he's going to take his move action to gather power, and he's going to float five feet north, and he's going to shout, shout an alarm, just, uh, hey, everybody look out, there's a giant snapping turtle? <laughs> ah, it's a giant turtle? <laughs> Okay, uh, the only other creature in the surprise round is the giant turtle, and using its formidable climb speed, it actually takes its surprise round to fully position itself on the foredeck of the Dawn Rose, and it like it settles it, like it settles down on all fours after lumbering over the side of the ship, and it it looks at you all and. It's probably like 95% of the non-combatants have funneled down into and under the ship at this point, or under the deck at this point. Um, but those who uh, remain, they're, uh, they're on their way in now. But it, the turtle looks over at you all and with just blind fury, fueled by who knows what, this thing lets out a very unturtle-like roar, and that begins the combat proper with Uhtred. Perfect. I'm going to cast a frostbite. Okay. I'm going to walk up and deliver that bitch. All right. 
it's going to provoke as you close that distance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a 36 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay. Uhtred, you take 34 points of damage from its bite. Not even that bad. And does a 41 beat your CMD? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, probably. So, yeah, Uhtred covers his blade in magical frost and tries to close the distance to deliver that uh, that sword swing. And on his way, this thing just, in pure snapping turtle fashion, you would have never expected it to be able to lunge out at you and you were still 15 feet away from it. Who could have ever expected this thing to just... Whoosh, just its neck just lunges out and snaps Uhtred off the deck when he's still 15 feet away from it and Uhtred is stuck in its mouth but Uhtred you can still make your attack ooh that's a 20 to hit 20 is not going to beat this turtle's AC you figure a turtle dude the AC it's gotta be pretty high Oh, okay. With that, it's going to be Rogyar's turn. All right, so Rogyar is going to uh, continue gathering power as another move action. And then he will shoot a, uh, a blizzard blast at the snapping turtle. Oh, okay. With the entangling infusion. And I am not deadly aiming. Probably a good thing. That's a 27 to hit. 27 is going to hit. Whew. So that is 59 damage. Half of it is piercing, half of it is cold for whatever maybe DR it might have. And I need a reflex save. I can tell you with utmost confidence that reflex is this turtle's best saving throw. (laughs) Bet. Well, 17. That's a fail. It is uh, entangled. All right, uh, that's minus two to attacks, minus four to dex, right? Minus two on all attack rolls and a minus four to dex. Now it's Randolph's turn. Now is the Randolph's turn. All right, so I'm going to first freak out at the size of this goddamn turtle in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then next I'm going to say, well, don't just stand there, Thelias. We got to get in there. And I'm going to have... Elias run into uh, into battle. Okay. He's got a double move, yeah. Well, just the one move. Okay. Double move just puts him in danger. Yeah, it At does. least now he's providing his aura. So you can all toggle on your aura. Oh, very true. And I will uh, get the wand and start healing <laughs> myself. Good call. Get in there, Elias! <laughs> heal myself this is bad news all right so it's a move action to get out the wand and a standard action to activate it uh yep all right so uh i'm gonna cure moderate oh fuck yeah oh Oh, damn yeah Yeah, two eights dude 19 healing very nice okay um arginus arginus sees something that came out of the water Hopefully it does not like electricity, so ball lightning. Okay. And it's a reflex save on your part. Two reflex saves, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. This thing's big enough. You can get both ball lightnings right on there. Very true. Very true. First reflex save is an eight. 
does not make it. The second is a 17. Does not make it. All right. All right. Uh, 22 lightning damage. All right. Uh, even with Uhtred still clutched in his mouth, the snapping turtle roars with pain. And uh, Arginus, as you end your turn, I want a perception check Ooh. from you. Uh, 13. Okay, 13 is enough to hear the sound of something coming out of the water on the port side of the ship. Uh, not too far from where you're standing. Uh, it sounds like dozens of hands all clawing their way up the outside of you know, the ship. You know, can I make a can I make a move action at that point then? Sure. Okay, uh, yeah, so as soon as Argita starts hearing it, uh, uh, he's going to move um, up the deck closer to the center so that way he's not sitting right next to that weird mess and he's going to scream out, watch the sides, guys! Alright, now Evany's turn. She shouts, we're still dealing with our fronts! And, uh, uh, but she still uh, takes uh, heed to his advice and she's going to uh, make her way up the stairs opposite our genus and be standing next to him and Randolph on the uh, the stern castle. And she uh, she turns around and I measured it out at absolute max range is going to hit that turtle with a mind thrust. Here's a will save from the turtle. Well, natural 19. Uh, unfortunately, uh, will save. But it's going to take half. So that's going to be 19 points of damage. But it is now the turtle's turn. And this turtle's going to attempt to swallow Uhtred whole. Nope. Nope. Uh, that would be a 43 versus oh, yeah. your CMD. That'll do it. All right, so immediately, Uhtred's going to take bite damage. Jeez. Survive the haunting dark to get eaten by a turtle. Mm. That's going to be 33 points of damage, and everybody watches in horror as Uhtred disappears down the throat of this turtle. And it is Aluna's turn. Ooh, it's not looking too good for Uchir right now. Yeah, I'm like... I got I'm 29 not... HP, but I'm also rocking 15 non-lethal damage. Oh, God. Okay, uh, Aluna doesn't have much, but she's going to... She's going to get everything she's got, She and she shouts, Uchrid, no! And she uh, holds up her holy symbol of Ayamaday. And she's and she shouts, "Release him!" And she casts Searing Light. Uh, and she projects a blast of light from uh, from her open palm. She's just got to make a ranged touch attack on the turtle. All right, Aluna. Natural twenty. No way. Bullshit. Roll. <laughs> yeah, you got me. It's a natural one. Sorry, Nick. I tried. <laughs> it chose too sharp for me. <laughs> Nothing gets by that guy. <laughs> Roll to confirm. So she got a nine to confirm. Oh, jeez. Uh, a nine hits the turtle's touch AC. 
So, oh, shit. oh my god. <laughs> that shit confirms. Let's get a fucking spell critical. Okay. This is called Elemental Call. Oh. Normal damage, and if oh. it's an elemental spell, a medium elemental appears to serve for 1d4 rounds. Uh, I don't think it is. So this would default to one of the other crits then? Uh, yeah. All right. Because it's purely a downgrade from what a crit would be. Yeah. Double damage, and you gain a plus two bonus on your next d20 roll made within one minute. All right. Solid. All right. So Luna's going to deal 47 damage, which is enough to kill the turtle. Wow. Oh, my God. But what happens to him? He's in the turtle. Uhtred is inside the turtle. Uh, So I'm going to say as a full round action, Uhtred can uh, pull himself out of the turtle. Or if you want to give me on your turn, you can give me an acrobatics check, and we'll see if we can turn that into a move action instead of a full round action. All right. Well, we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Um... Well, we're back to Uhtred, so yeah. Uh, so we go got ahead. to it, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, so go ahead and give me an acrobatics check, or you can start uh, slicing away at the inside of the turtle. Wait, now the, the acrobatics check was just to lower it from a full round to a move action? Yes. But either way, I'm going to be able to pull myself out. Yes. That's a natural one for three. You squeeze your way deeper into the turtle. I'm just kidding. Right, so I still get a, out, so it's all right. You got to go backwards <laughs> first sometimes to go forward in life. That's very true. So yeah, uh, as a full round action, Uhtred manages to uh, pull himself back out of the turtle from which he came. And you all see Uhtred uh, uh, clambering out of uh, the turtle's uh, gaping wide maw. But... Uh, it is now uh, more obvious than ever. You can hear the sounds of like creatures, like people, uh, like a, a huge group of something climbing up the side of the ship. And it is Rogyar's turn. All right. Uh, I guess Rogyar is going to take a move action to gather power. He'll kind of float southeast five feet. And he's going to ready an air blast for when shit starts coming over the side of the ship. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, uh, Randolph. So seeing Uhtred get eaten by that turtle and then subsequently coughed out of the turtle and the turtle's dead, I'm going to yell to Thalias. Thalias, what are you fucking crazy? Get back here and protect me! <laughs> <laughs> Have him come stand here. And I'm going to pull out the other wand and start using that. Just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm going to keep the wand in my hand. I'm missing so much HP, dude. (laughs) I'm also missing a fuck ton of HP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, come back. This is where we're doing all the healing. Oh, okay. This is running interference. Uh, Serves me right for my roll last time. This one's just a tenner. There you go. Okay. Yep, that's it. And then uh, perhaps too late... Uh, everybody up on the stern castle is suddenly aware of another creature that has pulled himself over the side of the ship. Whew. Good thing the lion's is between me and that thing. <clears throat> uh, this barnacle-encrusted walking corpse looks like a zombie, but is dripping with water and gives off a nauseating stench. Can I use my ready action on this, or are we saying I specifically 
used it for the that southern group that seems to be making noise. Uh, you can use it for that, sure. Okay. Then, yeah, seeing that thing climb up and over, Rogyar unleashes an air blast at it with the pushing infusion. Okay. And he will deadly aim it. Ugh. Damn, we're not rolling well. That's a 22 to hit. A 22 misses. Yeah. All right, and it is uh, is this undead's turn. It's going to... It's kind of its move action to get up there. So then it's just going to kind of end its turn. Northwest of Thalias, poised to uh, to cause some real mayhem on his next turn. But in the meantime, the other uh, invaders of this ship hoist themselves up. You see another uh, undead man looking kind of similar to the one who just appeared on the starboard side of the ship. And then another one hops up, and then another one, and then another and another and another and before you know it's like dozens and dozens of these undead drowned sailors maybe have all positioned themselves up on the main deck of the ship anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge religion check on this uh, troop of undead and also the, uh, the the singular undead on the other side of the ship so two knowledge religion checks, please. Two, 23 and 25. 20 and 35. And I got a 20 and a 19. Uh, yeah, so you guys, um, you recognize all of these new arrivals, be they in the group or the singular undead, as Droger. Droger's smell of decay and the sea and drip water wherever they go. These foul beings are usually created when humanoid creatures are lost at sea in regions haunted by evil spirits or necromantic effects. Um, Uhtred, Randolph, and Rogyar can each ask me one question. Weakness. Uh, they don't have any. Oh, come on. You know that their damage reduction is overcome by weapons that are either bludgeoning or slashing. How about one offensive ability? You know that a creature damaged by a sodden droger troop must succeed at a fortitude save or be nauseated for one round. Rogar? I would like to know uh, energy resistances. You know that they resist the first 10 points of fire damage. Oh, all right. Okay, so with that, the troop is going to uh, finish its turn. All right, so yeah, with its second move action, this droger troop, it just fucking swarms up the uh, stairs to the stern castle and completely overtakes uh, Arginus, Evni, and Randolph. And oh, uh, fuck. being a troop, it has five foot reach. So that will actually include, uh, it's going to include Thalias and the uh, the captain of the, of the Dawn Rose, who is uh, at the helm trying to uh, get the ship moving. Everybody that this troop is uh, damaging takes 20 points of damage. Oh my god. And, uh, and I'm going to need a fortitude save from all of you. Oh, 30. Oh, but Thalias, oh no. Ugh. 11 on Thalias. I'm going to use a hero point to reroll. Okay. <sighs> Alright, 21. I think that was a good call. <laughs> I agree. It was. But yeah, Arginus 
just by the fucking skin of his teeth is not going to be nauseated. It looks like Thalias, however, will be. And uh, then as a free action, uh, these Droger are just all going to just... They just, like, vomit all the seawater and, like, fucking crabs and shit start coming out of their mouths, too. And, like, the space that they occupy as well as the space that they... uh, the, The adjacent space... Uh, becomes difficult terrain. And in addition to that, everybody within 30 feet needs to make a fortitude save against the stench aura of this sodden droger troop. So I gotta make another fort save on both my guys? Indeed. Arginus with the 18. Randolph with the 24. Goliath with the 22. Alright. Uh, Evany failed. The captain did not, but the captain did fail her save versus the nausea. Our genus, a tw- an 18, will also pass. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, so Thalias is going to be nauseated from taking damage from the Droger troop, but since he wasn't in its space, he d- he wasn't eligible for sneak attack, so it's only going to be for one round. Uh, Evni is going to be sickened. And uh, the captain of the Don Rose is currently nauseated. Uh, oh, let me roll for Aluna. Aluna passes, so she's not sickened. Yeah, and now we've got a bunch of difficult terrain as well. So yeah, that's the troops' turn. And now it is Arginus's turn. I'm going to jump over that railing. Okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> Wrong, really. <laughs> Arginus jumps into the sea. <laughs> what a hero. <laughs> and then I'm gonna move my ball lightning. So 5, 10, 15, 20. Yep. And then also 20, I guess. Yep. Uh, and is that my turn? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Evni is uh, freaking out, caught up in this uh, crowd of undead. She's going to move 20 feet, uh, run down the steps to the main deck, and like she's going to be like standing over the the grate, goes down to the cargo hold, and she's going to cast another spell, and a uh, a chain appears made of uh, translucent force. And she's going to direct it at the Droger captain. All right, so this is Chain of Perdition. She's going to attempt to uh, blind the uh, the captain. It's probably not going to do it. No. Uh, so the, the chain flies at the uh, the captain and tries to like wrap itself around his face so he can't see, but he uh, he ducks out of the way and avoids it. And Turtle's dead. So it's now Aluna's turn. She looks exhausted, uh, but she uh, she grits her teeth and she says, "Come on, one more swing, one more spell, one more parry. We have to do this to our last breaths. Iamade, give me strength!" And she's going to channel energy to harm undead. All right, all right. I I would have really been into a heal there, but. Look, she's a cleric of Iamade, who's all about fuck yeah, let's undead, kill undead. 
Uh, I mean, she doesn't like undead, but she's also like, fucking get in there and do some damage. All right, the troop makes it save. Oh, but this guy, uh, the captain, does not. And uh, being an area of effect, uh, the channel energy is actually going to be uh, another 50% more effective versus the troop, even if it will then get halved. That's always nice. So the captain's going to take 15 points of damage, and that's going to be 21, half down to 10 for the troop. And we're back to Utrid. I'm going to cast Greater Invisibility upon myself. For my move action, I'm going to retrieve a potion of... It was a potion of Cure Moderate. All right. That's your turn. All right. uh, Up next is Rogiar. For uh, maximum benefit for your blast, you might want to move in within 30 feet of that troop there, buddy. No, I'm going to go ahead and stay right where I am. Okay. Uh, in fact, I'm going to float back another five feet. And then Rogar is going to gather power. And he's going to empower an air blast. Uh, extended range to make sure to give me enough bang for my buck here. Okay. And yeah, empowered air blast, deadly aim on the troop. 34 to hit. 34 will hit. So the most. So that's going to be the most damage. Yeah, you the can most do I can is, do is one fourth of their health. Well, normally it's one fourth, but we're cast. We're counting your blast as like a cleave weapon, uh, since oh, right. it like blasts affect swarms more. So yeah, you can go up to max of half. It's a uh, 47 bludgeoning damage. Okay, you feel like about 46 of that 47 actually got applied. <laughs> which was pretty pretty good and almost nothing wasted. I'll take it. All right, and that brings us back to Ra- uh, Randolph. Um, all right, how do I get the hell out of here? Well, you can just you just got to move. It yeah. is difficult to Give him a slice and get the hell out. <laughs> but Randolph's so... got them boots, them slippers. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I got them booties. <laughs> Let's have Elias move this way. And shit, that... What's that yellow... Uh, that is a difficult terrain. I'm actually going to need Thalias to make a reflex save. Oh, fuck. God damn it. What if he took a five-foot step yeah. this way? Yeah, reflex save, please. Oh, you, my God. Yeah, you can't five-foot step out of difficult terrain. <sighs> all right, Thalias. This is all you, baby. Reflex. This okay, 22. Nice. So that's his good one. That that yeah. passes, so Thalias is not staggered. Super. Oh, but he's nauseated, so what happens All he can that? do in his round is make a, take a move action. Oh, perfect. That's what he wants to do. Boop, boop, boo-doo. Now, I have the spell web through my cool uh, cloak. Mm. Does that affect this troop? Can I web them up? Or are they like, we're a troop. We don't care about web, LOL. And you put web on the whole five foot, like, you know, the whole area. So The area of a web needs to be anchored to two or more solid and diametrically opposed points. Or else it collapses yeah. and becomes useless. Yeah, okay. I guess you could attach it to the web and then the uh, the railing that the steering wheel sits behind. Uh, but bear in mind, that's going to... It's going to be... It's a three-dimensional area. It's going to be the troop, and it's going to be Randolph, and it's going to be Arginus, and it's going to be Aluna. Arginus so is uh, down. Yeah. Oh, it's... Because okay. I don't care about difficult terrain, uh, right? 
Hold on. So, uh, I mean, I guess you can just say that the like it'd be like brushing our genus's the top of our genus's head. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So I want to make a five foot step away from the troop and cast web. Okay. On an area that will encompass the troop, hoping that that sort of jams them up. Okay. And they can stop killing all my friends. You are kind of cutting off anybody who's currently standing on the main deck from getting onto the stern castle by doing that. Uh, that's okay. Okay. What, are they going to go up and melee a troop? I'm, okay. So, troop and captain are both going to make reflex saves. Troop first. Come on, low reflex, you little drugger troop. And since this is from an item, let's see, web is a second level spell, so that means the saving throw is 13. Ow, I'm such a fool. Uh, troop got a 10. Yes! I'm not a fool, I'm a genius! And the, and the captain gets a natural 1. Yes! Oh, does he die? God. Does a spider come and eat him? What happens then? <laughs> it means he automatically fails. He had a plus 10 on his reflex save. I was like, oh, he's fine. Uh, also important, if you have at least 5 feet of web between you and an opponent, it provides cover. If you have at least 20 feet of web between you, it provides total cover. Alright, so up next is the captain. And yeah, he's going to try to escape those webbings. Escape artist or or combat maneuver. Okay. Combat maneuver it is. I was like, alright, it's mathematically impossible for him to fail this. Natural one. He rolls one more, he dies. So the we captain know it. spends his turn uh, squirming and uh, wriggling uh, around the uh, the webbing and can't really do anything. And now it's the troops' turn. Uh, okay, troops going to make a combat maneuver to get ungrappled. And they're going to pass because they didn't roll a natural one. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they got to make another combat maneuver check. Natural 19. Uh, so they succeed. So they can now move. Uh, it's difficult terrain. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 30. And the swarm starts moving down the stairs towards the main deck. Uh, they get halfway off the stairs at the bottom. And the, the, the troop engulfs a Luna. Uh, it's going to deal some damage to her. Luna's got to make a fortitude save versus the nausea. Unfortunately, she failed, and so Luna's going to be nauseated for the next three rounds. Ugh. But it's now Arginus' turn. Oh, mm -hmm. hold everything. I'm sorry. Um, Arginus is uh, in melee range of the troop, so let me do that real quick. Uh, so, Arginus, you take 13 points of damage, and I'm going to need a fortitude save is just being nauseated and that's a 10 now, unfortunately our genus will be nauseated uh so it's your turn uh the only action you can take is a move action which would allow you to direct the ball lightnings to where you wanted to but then you would not be able to move or do any other actions for the rest of your turn is that still what you want to do yeah yeah <laughs> oh, i would say you could five foot step but difficult terrain yeah. so no <laughs> 
All right, so they've got to make two reflex saves versus the ball lightning, which I will say, since they damage everything in the five-foot space that they occupy, uh, that does technically make it an area of effect and will deal damage and a half. So first reflex save is a natural 20. Of course. Yep, 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 yep. Second reflex save is a 19. Uh, does not make it, so uh, it's a 20 if you wanted to pass. Okay. Well, I did want to pass, but I, I didn't roll high enough, so. Roll damage and multiply it by 1.5. 3d6 plus times 1.5. Uh, that's a 9, so a 13. 13 damage. Okay. All right, so that was our genus's turn. Now it's Evni's turn. Uh, so first, Chain of Perdition is going to try to blind the captain. Natural 20. Nice. Yep. Uh, so, for every five by which your attack exceeds on CMD, the penalty lasts one additional round. Unfortunately, this guy's CMD is high enough where uh, natural 20 is still only having him blinded for one round. But, for one round, he is blinded. And uh, so then, Evni is going to... She's going to cast Placebo Effect on our genus. Arginus, you ignore your nauseated condition. All right. And then Evni's going to move because the troop is super close to her. All right, and it's now Aluna's turn. Uh, Aluna is nauseated. Even though it's not a very uh, honorable or brave move, uh, there's literally nothing else she can do but just get out of there. And she just moves 20 feet uh, west, farther up the main deck. All right, uh, now we got Rogyar. All right. Let's see if we can't take out this troop. Um, and I'll back up five feet just to keep my distance and gather power to empower an air blast. Deadly aimed. That's a 32 to hit. And I know my damage is going to cap at 46 because of this thing, and I did well over that. So All right. 46. Rogyar annihilates what remains of the sodden Droger troop. Atta boy. And now it's Randolph's turn. I guess what I'll do is I'll run over to the rest of my party. Ugh. Yeah, I'm just gonna stand here with my double move. And I'll rush over. Oh, guys, I got here as quick as I could. Damn these droggers. And uh, I'm gonna pat my uh, pat my pockets and Thelias! <laughs> He's gonna come with me as well. Uh, I think he's not so lucky with the webbing. Uh, yeah, uh, give me a an escape artist or combat maneuver. Uh, but you can just stop oh, moving him though. I wish I could just bring him to my head. He's got a four so, and escape artist. Go with the combat maneuver. Combat then. maneuver. Oh no! Thelias uh, enters the webbing and is immediately grappled by them. Well, you know, it's good that I didn't go to the Draugr's side because one step in the web in melee reach of the Draugr who just turns around and goes, you stuck boy, <laughs> crushes me. Yeah, or Thelias could have said the same thing to him and crushed him. Uh, so it is now the captain's turn. He's going to do another combat maneuver. Not a natural one, so he uh, frees himself as a standard action and as a move action... Uh, he's going to... Oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. This guy's blinded. So, yeah, I mean, he's he breaks himself out, I guess, and then he's just going to kind of... 
yeah, he's not actually going to do anything because he can't see where he is and he's surrounded by webbing. So, Arginus, it's your turn. So, Arginus will take a five foot step out and I'm going to bring on one of my balls of lightning onto him. Okay. So, that's going to be a 23 reflex. 23 passes. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to. Do magic missile. All right. Pew, pew, pew. Ruby. 12. And then plus 5. 17. All right. Ebony's turn. She's just been running back and forth on this deck. She's going to move 20 feet back north towards the stern where she's got uh, closer range to this guy. And she's going to use one of her little tricks to ignore this undead creature's immunity to mind-affecting effects and hit him with a mind thrust. He's got to make a will save for half damage. Looks like that saves. Yes, it does. All right, so total damage is 41, so he's going to take 20. And now it's Aluna's turn. She spends it being sickened, or nauseated. And Uhtred is your turn. Looks like I have to double move to get to him. But I'm invisible. So, I think what I'm going to do is take a double move action and end my turn here. Wait, is that in the web? Yes. I don't want to be in the web. All right, then I will end it here, right in front of the staircase. Okay. Uh, Actually, I think since that's way less, is it? Oh, it's five feet too far. That damn five foot step. Whatever. I did it again. I'll still end there. All right, uh, Rogiar. Okay, um, because this guy's so deep in the webbing, I he's got like total cover from me, right? Yeah, I mean you could attack him from like the north. Uh, there'd only be ten feet of webbing. No, Rogiar is just gonna stay where he is, and he's gonna gather power as a move action, and he will just ready an air blast for when this guy moves within sight question is this web dispellable or is it just got to run its course you should be able to dispel it as a standard action you yeah uh randolph can dismiss it as a standard action and it's randolph's turn so you're thinking we don't need this anymore yeah i think it's hindering us more than it's protecting us now that i think the i think gone. yeah i think it was a big help against the troop and now it's just kind of in the way against the the one droger makes sense to me i will dismiss it now that I see I've caught my pal in the web <laughs> and uh, so that'll be my full round action and then Elias he's gonna provide his uh, shielding aura to us with a double move and I guess Rogyar can take his attack since he held oh, it yeah, until since... he could target the captain yep since that webbing is gone uh, deadly aimed air blast that's a 30 to hit 30 hits. Okay, that's... That is 67 bludgeoning damage. Say it. Say it. That's going to be enough to kill, re-kill the Droger Captain. Yo, let's go. (laughs) And with that, the last of your opposition has been defeated. And the ship is able to sail out of the harbor of Vigil. Yeesh. Oh my god, what a nightmare. Where are we going again? You don't even know. 
We're going away from the city, uh, yells the half-orc captain. I'm taking her west to Castle Fernine. Anybody uh, who knows anything about the Nation of Last Wall knows that Cap- Castle Fernine is a uh, it's a uh, a small town uh, with a with a rather large uh, fortified castle for military purposes. Okay, seems like a good place for us. When Rogier hears that, like he's uh, he's kind of floating back down towards the deck to rejoin everyone. He hears that and he he looks apprehensive, but I I'm assuming Uhtred will reappear at some point from his invisibility. Yeah, like once we're uh, you know, well well with on with away from <laughs> the city. Once we've shoved off, we're we're clearly yeah, yeah. sailing away and everything. Like like when we first hit that like open waters part. Yeah. All right. So I mean, yeah, so Rogar floats down to the group, but specifically to Utrid. And um, he just walks, uh, hey, 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 lad, I I need to talk to you. What, what is it, Rogar? I'm feeling pretty beat at the moment, so I hope it's good news. <laughs> well, maybe? I... Uh, I'm 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 done, lad. What? <laughs> done, done Shouts Randolph right. from, <laughs> from a couple meters away. I mean, I, I hear you. Oh, I'm I'm beat too. We'll just like you know rest for the night. I think we're okay now. No, not not that, lad. I'm I'm done. I I can't do this anymore. It was bad enough getting stuck in the boneyard because. We didn't have a choice. We had to, we had to fight our way back home, you know. And then we were stuck in Roslar's coffer and had to fight our way out of there. And I wanted to stick with you guys at least to vigil because they, the knights needed to hear our story for all the good it did. But, but this, and he like gestures to the, the ruins of vigil that are slowly retreating behind them. This, this is. This, it's too much. This it, It's too big for me, lad. I've already lost one son. But, Rogar, you, you must know that everything is at stake. That's, that's what we're doing now. Do you really think going back home? Could you, could you do that at this point? You'd be okay with that? At this point, I, I feel like that's all I can do. Look at that. Despite what we just did, what we just defeated, we can't compete with that. I can't compete with that. I don't know what's going to happen, and I I, I wish you all the luck in the world, but I... Rogar, please reconsider. Look at, look at all this. And he, like, spreads his arm out and motions to all the people that were just saved, like, on the boat. Like, you say we can't combat it, but... Do you think even one of them would have made it out without you? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. You know that's not true. You, you're you the strongest one of all of us. No, I'm not, Uhtred. Rogar, for someone as many years as you, you sure are blind to your own ability. I might be providing brute force here, but you're the strength of this group. And I, 
I can't do it anymore. Ingril is hopefully waiting for me, and Agrit. I need to spend what time that we have left with them. They need to know what happened to Dolren, and I'd rather they hear it from me than than face the end not knowing. Now, I, I imagine that you do need to do that, but I hope, I, I do think you're making a mistake, Rogar, and I, I think we need you. I think the rest of Uhtred looks around and comes to realize that Elias is gone, Pyperra is gone, Yando's gone, now Rogar's gonna leave. There's like literally nobody left from when this started. I don't like it, Rogar, but I get it. I, I've, I've watched too many friends die. I had to help my son die. I can't watch you guy too. Not when I've got a family to go back to. No, I, I get it. I mean, what's little left of my family is below decks. You know, it's kind of sad because even though we're alive, a second life, whatever happened to us, the longer we've been back from the boneyard, the more and more I feel like I'm just becoming dead to everything. It's, it is a lot that we have endured, Rogar. I guess I'm just being selfish for my own needs and wants, but I can see where you've hit your point. We finally got a bit of freedom here. I need to take advantage of it while I can. You saw me, like, I, I froze up in that, that mindscape. I just, I'm sorry, Uhtred, I just can't do this anymore. I'm just afraid that if we fail, it's just delaying you from having to fight anyways. But I guess if my kids and wife were still alive, I'd be trying to grab whatever last few days, months, a year maybe, that I could. Arginas pops up, actually, uh, to Uhtred's point. Ah. <sighs> What a, what an unfortunate set of events. However, <laughs> I do see the uh, uh, potential bright spot. Um, if you would, Rogyar, I know your peoples are uh, are strong and powerful, right? <laughs> uh, maybe if you uh, if you warn them of uh, Tarbefan, and maybe. Any city that you come across along your way, you can warn them. If you wouldn't mind, it would, uh, at the very least, give some hope into the future. <laughs> well, I can't make any promises, but I know once I get home to curse, I will do what I can to marshal forces to aid in this struggle, because it seems like another crusade is upon you. Hey, if he's going home, I'm going home. Randolph shouts. And you then, have uh, no home. <laughs> I point back to Vigil. What, what home? <laughs> under his breath, under his breath, he says, "You're stuck with me, Thalys. Would you pipe down? <laughs> You're not going anywhere." So with that, Rogyar would, uh, you know, he would drop his backpack and the bag of holding, and uh, maybe give Uhtred one last embrace. Hug. Hug. One la- hug. <laughs> One last hug before he just, uh, yeah, takes off flying to the southeast. Before he takes off flying, 
uh, Randolph is also going to join into a hug and he uh, he's going to whisper into his ear. He's going to say, you know, when we first met, I thought you were the crazy one, but oh, these times together, oh, they've been something, Rogyar. You, you do what you've got to do. We'll be here for you. <laughs> and you, you take care too, Randolph. You uh, keep Uhtred safe and take care of Thalias. He's a good lad. Uh, take care of who? Oh, uh, Uhtred, of course. And Thalias, yes. All right. Good luck, my friends. Hopefully we'll see each other again. Good luck, Rogar. <laughs> see each other again alive. Well, one way or another, right? I nod solemnly. And then and Rogar, just before he can second guess himself, he turns and flies off in the opposite direction that the ship is going. And as we follow uh, with our gaze, Rogyar uh, flying east, southeast, back to his home in Curse, we notice that uh, as the Dawnrose has uh, sailed away from Vigil, uh, several other smaller boats uh, containing other survivors have just been slowly gravitating towards you until it it forms a, a ragged flotilla of refugees and we uh we continue our, our sweeping gaze and we we end on the smoldering city of vigil the population counter is once again visible uh still saying unknown now the haunting dark couldn't guard all the city's borders at all times uh, and without the hero's intervention, 500 people uh, would have still survived. And we cut to scattered groups of refugees hiking away from the city. Surely they won't all make it to neighboring civilizations, but uh, they have a chance. In addition to the refugees fleeing on foot, we refocus on the hodgepodge of sailing vessels huddled around the Donrose, the rest of these 500 survivors. Though your investigations and pleas made before the city was attacked probably felt largely fruitless, your actions made a bigger impact than you might realize. We cut to your numerous conversations with Aluna. Aluna reached out to her own priests and even those from other churches, and we see her urging caution. Something doesn't feel right. Ayamade can feel it too. Please, for my own peace of mind, Encourage our faithful to be vigilant for danger. And we cut to after the explosion. Small pockets of survivors include, by chance, priests of Vigil's various churches. And due to Aluna's counsel, many of these priests are better poised to help others. And we cut again to the scattered refugees fleeing the city. And imagine, like, when Marty watches his siblings reappear on the photo in Back to the Future. This altering of the course of history shows us more huddled survivors appear where there were none. Add 600 to the number of survivors. Your meeting with Evni and her reading of your fortunes was not a waste of time either. And cut to Evni after your reading, meeting with many of her Pathfinder agents, several of whom you wound up meeting at the Blissa Tower. Instead of freezing in shock, these surviving agents held on to Evni's words of vigilance and in their fight for survival through the city that ultimately led them to that tower. Whether directly or not, their push through the enemy paved the way for others to get themselves out as well. Add 200 more survivors. We now cut to Ralphus Gandry, seemingly in shock as he watches the PCs 
march away from him. He still holds his halberd out, having tried to turn himself in for incompetence that led in part to what was about to happen. But the PCs didn't accept this. They told him to make a difference. We cut to him emerging from the rubble of a collapsed building. Even as he tries to collect himself, he hears cries for help and sees several city guards fighting back against a crowd of undead, shielding three badly wounded citizens from harm. Ralphus grips his halberd confidently and hobbles over to help as quickly as he can. We cut again and again as Ralphus and these guards find more and more injured survivors. Many guards are killed throughout this ordeal, and many citizens as well, but due to Ralphus's help, they eventually obtain a, a shitty wagon and continue to fight their way through the city. Between this group that eventually found their way to salvation when the PCs happened upon them in the streets and eventually making it to the Sancti Day, and then still making other smaller ripples in fate, we add another 400 survivors. Whether they left the city with you on the Dawn Rose or escaped into the surrounding hills, Pierce Jarrell gave Vipera plenty of guff for her sh uh, shoddy investigative skills, yet she was still able to get in his head enough to look into things. After discovering the name Gildeus tied closely to the Whispering Tyrant, he sent his own feelers out through the Masked Brotherhood in and around Vigil. We cut to Brotherhood members, who would not have been mobilized otherwise, fighting their way through the city, again, whether directly or otherwise, helping other survivors flee. Add another 100 survivors. Even Sito, lost though she became, played a part. We cut to her seething, watching Uhtred and the others leave awkwardly after returning Doswin to safety. We can still see the near-obliterated tabletop from her outburst at Vipira. Doswin looks sheepishly at Sito. Are you okay? Sito's silent for a moment, but then she takes a breath and turns to Doswin. I want you to accompany them into the sewers tomorrow, if you're up to it. I'm going to make sure our men are ready for trouble up top. Cut after the attack, and though Sito ultimately lost herself, the other soldiers she ensured were prepared did their parts. Add another 100 survivors. Your actions after the attack were just as important. Without your help, the survivors at the Sancti Amade would have ultimately lost their footing and been overrun. They'd have never seen the next morning. And your quickness in dealing with the haunting dark, even, helped them move on before fatigue claimed more than was necessary. Add another 100 survivors. The survivors at the Ballista Tower likewise would not have lived to see the sunrise without your help. Add another 100. And then, against all odds, you slew the haunting dark. Cut to scattered survivors throughout the city, peering up to the sky, too afraid to try to flee as they witness this huge shadow patrolling the clouds above them. The haunting dark's death was a spectacle, even if it wasn't in line of sight to most of the city. Many stragglers who would have never found the courage to flee, and even if they did, would have been picked off. Instead, eventually, make it out of the city. Add another 200 survivors. And that brings us back to our population tracker. The word unknown scrambles as we run through all these extenuating circumstances. Refugees of Vigil, population 11,500, then population unknown, then only 500. Then, with the singular intervention of Vipera, Uhtred, Rogyar, Randolph and Thalias, and even the latecomer Arginus, and the ripples of those actions, we end on population 2,300. A far cry from the city's full population, but nearly five times the number of survivors had they never visited the city at all. And that brings us back to the deck of the Dawn Rose, and uh, we can see 
Ralph Iskandri, uh, standing on the prow of the ship, watching the City of Vigil slowly fade into the distance, and he just grits his teeth like he's in tremendous pain, and his face slowly contorts into sadness and then anger, and he just falls to his knees, and he just bellows a wordless cry of grief back at the city, and the atmosphere on the deck of the ship is one of very low spirits. And that's when, um, Uhtred, you're approached by Aluna, and all the, uh, the confusion of Rogyar leaving, and the, just the overwhelming uh, reality of everything just finally come to bear on you now that you have a chance to rest. You probably, you know, forgot, even if it was only going to be for a couple minutes, about your brother and sister-in-law. But Aluna uh, comes right up to you, and with a, a face that's kind of hard to read, she looks at you and she says, Would you like to meet your niece? I would. I, I would like to meet her. Uhtred will get up. She's kind of like sitting on the ground, leaning up against a railing. All right, Luna leads you uh, back towards the uh, the cabin in the Stern Castle, and um, the cries of a newborn baby they grow louder as you approach the uh, what must be the captain's quarters. You open the door, and you see uh, you see Cass still on that stretcher. Um, Evni is in there too. She looks like she's like helping uh, Cass get cleaned up, and Ryland is is standing next to next to Cass and. He looks up at you, and Cass turns to you, and you see the baby, and she's perfect. Fully formed, rosy cheeks, ten fingers, ten toes, all curled up. How many horns? <laughs> all curled up in her mother's arms, a perfect, healthy baby. And when she sees you come in, uh, she gives the baby a little squeeze, but then she, uh, she holds her, her arms out. Offering to let you hold her. I pick her up. She's beautiful. Ryland, uh, he walks over and he's like looking down at her uh, from like behind your shoulder. And he says, we decided to name her Astrid after her uncle. The bravest man we've ever known. And if you would honor us, her godfather. Of course. I'll always be there for her. And uh, Astrid kind of, she's still... You know, doing her her newborn baby cry, but she it, mixed in with that is like some like cooing and just general baby noises, and she just looks like she's for the most part content. And um, word eventually reaches the ship at large about the newborn baby, and uh, there's a queue line uh, formed outside the cabin for everyone to meet her, uh, because in the wake of this tragedy, with the ruins of Vigil, this fallen testament of order and good, now a monument of death as the backdrop, witnessing new life, this cry of defiance against evil's will, it swells the spirits of the survivors on the Dawn Rose. There was hopelessness, now there is hope. Population 2,301. End of book three. Everybody levels up. Oh, and shit. we'll yeah. see you next week.
On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. See ya! See ya! See ya! Goodbye, friends.